Hi, Chad. Hi, Mike. Welcome to another episode of By the Shores. All right, we're here this morning in a, a nice rainy uh, morning at Many Point Scout Camp with Dr. Chris Chastian. He's a very important person in the medical world and a, a very, very important person in the Many Point medical world. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. So this is, uh, what year is this for you up at camp? This is number 36 as a physician, and then I was on staff in 78 and 79 in 10 What'd you do in the in the seventies and the with ten chiefs? So in seventy eight, I was a commissioner, and uh, in seventy nine, I was field sports director. And this is thirty six here as a doctor. Correct. And what um, what do you do? Are, are you're the you're you're the coordinator? Is that correct for the medical personnel? Yeah, for here? the last twenty five years, I've uh, coordinated the physicians up at Many Point and. Hopefully made sure that we've had docs to cover every week. And for the most part, we've been very successful. We've been pretty lucky. The The medical community and Northern Star Council has been very uh, helpful and been willing to volunteer their time and talents. What's your uh, spiel like for a doc when trying to get him to come up here as a, as a volunteer? Well, you know, usually uh, what I ask them is how would they like to spend the uh, a week at camp and have access to a boat, a cabin, and all they have to do in return is spend a couple hours, you know, helping take care of uh, scouts. Uh, and in the meantime, they may have to do a little bit of stitching, a little bit of poison ivy, a little bit of uh, care. But for the most part, it's the once we get them up here for the first week, then uh, the subsequent years are pretty easy. Um, then the hard part is, is people want to come and I say, sorry, we don't have any room. And, uh, I start building a waiting list. <laughs> That's a good thing to have. Waiting list. It uh, is. is nice to have. It is. Um, how, how do you, um, is there any criteria to be a doctor up here other than being a doctor? You have to have a state license so that, uh, oftentimes I have gotten doctors from Wisconsin as far away as Georgia and North Carolina and they have to go to the extra effort of obtaining a Minnesota state license. For a while, when I moved to Wisconsin, I did not uh, carry a Minnesota state license. And so then I had to apply for a separate license for the week of camp. But nowadays, I just carry both a license in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and that works pretty well. Nice. It's pretty easy. Pretty, pretty small requirement list there. Um, and in a couple of weeks, you're uh, heading out, out east for uh, for a, the National Jamboree? I am. This is the third Jamboree. I've worked as a physician. I've also worked as a assistant scoutmaster at many world Jamborees as well. But this is the first year that I'm actually heading up one of the base camps. And uh, the world Jamborees are a whole different animals, or the National Jamborees are a whole different animal, um, where you get anywhere from fifteen to 50,000 kids in one site and we run basically anywhere from three to uh eight hospitals all at the same time usually our base camps see roughly anywhere from two to three hundred kids a day with the usual stuff that we see at many point because again it just is a regular camp just regular camp uh exacerbated with by more people a lot more people and uh you know the nice part about 
the one coming up is it's kids from all over America. In 2019, we had kids from all over the world, and that introduced all kinds of new uh, uh, concerns and opportunities, to be honest with you. I think the Jamborees present uh, new challenges, but they also present new opportunities for the kids, too, so I like both. But but to be honest, Many Point has always been the uh, home for me. Clearly, with the last, uh, what is that, 40-plus years, 40, 34? 45 years um what do you what do you see when you're versus like logistically how obviously there's more people more bodies more concerns but is there like for supplies and how do you get how do you get enough band-aids to cover all the all the knife nicks for that kind of thing so fortunately that's not my problem that's the logistics problem there's a whole logistics team at the national jamborees where they will take care of that and then we also have a whole crew of nurses a whole crew of emts we also have uh national guard there that run ambulance services for the because you'd be surprised we get heart attacks we get appendectomies we get you know appendicitis things like that all things that have to happen. We have orthopedic surgeons there, and we actually run a field hospital wow. at, at the <laughs> National Jamboree. Um, and so you have to be prepared for just about anything because we literally, like at the 2019 World Jamboree, we became the second largest city in West Virginia overnight. <laughs> and so that creates all kinds of interesting challenges. Um I'll give you one is that, again, you have all these people living on top of each other and a troop from another country comes in and they all have head lice. And then it becomes a challenge to make sure that that doesn't pass throughout the rest of the jamboree. Can't even imagine. And, and so like upon thousands of head lice. Problems. Right. And, <laughs> and so the amount of infection control, the amount of public health, the amount of uh, care that goes into all of that. What um, what challenges do you find with, like you said, from, you've got scouts from other countries, like culture-wise, are there any, I mean, obviously there's a variety of cultures. Is there any anything that stands out kind of in that? So the area? thing that was most obvious, and my first World Jamboree was in 1975 when I went as a scout and I went to Norway. And at that time, roughly half the the scouting organizations were co-ed and uh up until now um we were the only the u.s was the only scouting organization that wasn't co-ed and it was nice to finally see that we made the jump i'm to be honest i'm a little disappointed that the girl scouts didn't come with us but i'm really happy to see that scouts bsa did did uh decide to make that decision and while i think it may have been controversial. As I said, if the rest of the world is doing it, I think it's time we did. I have two girls of my own. They dearly wanted to be Boy Scouts. They were not given that opportunity, and I think they truly saw their brothers do it, and they felt like they missed an opportunity that they wanted to belong. My one daughter did become a venture and then uh, eventually became a scout leader and uh, actually took a troop to the World Jamboree. I think it made a difference in her life. I think she uh, treasures those experiences, and I think she would have really treasured being a scout. So I'm really excited to see that we now have women in scouting and and young women in scouting, and I think it's a, a really positive thing. 
And as I said, we are kind of the last country to do it, but you know, better late than never. That's right. Getting on board that boat as long as we're on board the boat. That's what matters. Right. Um, you, we were talking earlier today about, um, merit badge requirements and you said that, uh, the, the tiger is the equivalent to the eagle in Vietnam In Philippines, Philippines in the Philippines and yeah. um, Korea. Yep. And uh, you were saying that for the wilderness, we we're talking about wilderness survival and you said that they had to spend five days in the jungle versus our one overnight here. Right. Um, are there any other kind of interesting differences that you've, that you can think of that would be. Well, I just think that each country and each, and each organization has their own unique, um, ways on them. They all have their own. They're, it's, it's interesting. The 12 scout laws are not the same scout laws throughout the, throughout the world. And, and while I, I don't remember them all or look at them, but like, for example, I was explaining to a, a scout today that, uh, you know, we are always reminded to be prepared. And in Norway, it's Altid Barrett, which is always ready, you know, similar to be prepared, but, but they look at it maybe just a little bit different. And there's, there's all these little nuances. So those are some of the things you pick up. But one of the things you really pick up, and I think what's really is kind of life changing for the scouts when they go to a world jamboree is they realize that all these kids their age are pretty much more like them than unlike them. And I'll give you an example. We were in England during a time when there was a lot of unrest in uh, Pakistan and our scouts from the Midwest um, were reading about this in the paper and they said, Hey, wait a minute. We know these people. They aren't that different from us. This, this doesn't ring true to us. We don't really understand what we're reading because we know these people and these people just aren't that different from us. They have the same wants, the same desires. They're good people. They have the same values we do. They want their kids to grow up healthy. They want an education. They want, you know, they want to be able to live their lives the way they want to live them. What is all this that we read about in the papers and all this unrest and all this other things? And they would never have that opportunity. They would never have that ability to understand and to meet these people without that. Yeah, it's interesting what, uh, not to get too political, but the realization that you could be, you're in another country, but the basics are there. You, you don't want to, you don't want to be fighting. You don't want to be at war. You want to have, live a healthy, happy life. And it's interesting that the scouts made that connection just by the interactions at the jamborees and different events. Um, coming back to many point, what, um, what do you, you we were talking about the logistics of the jamborees. Are you involved with the logistics of many point? Like, are, are you helping getting us supplies or is that on Dave and Alex or? No, we do get supplies and, you know, we do our best to uh, make sure that the health lodge is, 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 has all the supplies that it needs and that we have the capabilities. You know, COVID was definitely challenging for us and we made sure that our policies were up to date. I'm fortunate that there's another doctor, Paul McGinnis, who works with me and, and between the two of us, we make sure that the, uh, policies and procedures are up to date and they're always changing. So we, we, uh, are very careful to make sure that many point has the most up to date, um, information on what's going on in medicine today. You know, our primary goal is to make sure that kids have a safe and uh, good experience. But, 
we would like to keep them as best we can at camp when it makes sense. So for minor things, minor illnesses, minor cuts and abrasions and things like that, we'd rather see them stay at camp and get back into their program and miss as little of that as possible um, so that they can get the most out of camp that they can. One of the other things we started doing uh, a few years ago is we started doing camp physicals. You know, our basic philosophy is, you know, physicals cost too much and I know that they like having them and I know we like seeing the physicals when the kids come to the health lodge so we have a at least a base fundamental knowledge of is there anything else going on in this child's life that we need to be aware of but if that's the reason a, a child can't go to camp we think that's wrong and so we do that and I will tell you as I I recruit and I get physicians to help me and uh some years are harder than others, but I always get the same response from the docs who do the physicals. They say those are the most polite people we've met. <laughs> they say these uh these children, they say thank you. They're grateful that that uh we volunteer. They're very courteous, they're not mouthy, they're not uh they're not the same kids that they sometimes see in the office. Uh they're very respectful and they they point that out and I say you know, that's that's kind of part of what scouting teaches them. You know, that's part of running the 12 and, and uh, you know, the scout law and the scout uh, oath is that's part of all of, of, of what they're taught in scouting. And, and they're really uh, impressed with that. So a uh, quick plug for those physicals. Is there, uh, I'm assuming that's on the, the Northern Star Council website? There to it is. To that? And we do it one Saturday a month or uh, not a month. We do it one Saturday prior to um, the summer. And we usually get at least three docs, sometimes four, and we can do as many physicals as people want um, for all of Northern Star Council. Um, and we do it at base camp. And uh, again, the idea being is, is we don't want the cost of a physical to be the reason that the child doesn't go to camp. To me, that just, that, that would be terrible. Yeah, I agree. And so basically you're there until the door door closes behind the last scout. Right. And they and they do uh they do sign up for it. So there is a sign up sheet for it and they can sign up for it. So they're not there waiting all day and they don't have to waste their, you know, an entire day to do that. So if we do happen to have any physicians listening, is there are you looking for more? We are always looking for physicians. I will say that we also, you know, Northern Star has Tomahawk Scout Camp. And that's a newer program. They are not nearly as um, embedded as we are at many point. There's there's not near the tradition at Tomahawk that there is at many points. So um, for those that have a Wisconsin license, which which I'll be honest with you, the Wisconsin licensing is is a little more difficult than the Minnesota licensing. So we are always looking for physicians. We are always looking for um, people to fill the gap. And uh, if there's anybody out there who wants to, they can contact me. I'm in River Falls. All you have to do is Google me. I'm easy to come by. I'm easy to spot or contact the council and they will get you in touch with me. I'd be happy to talk to you. I will tell you this, though, is that uh, my family looks forward to this week every year. As I said, this is our 36th year. They could not conceive of a time um, when uh, we wouldn't come here. Um, I will tell you this, it's also is, uh, it's a time to meet old friends, old staff, people I've worked with for 
as I said, for a long time, even people I worked with on staff uh, way back in the 70s. One thing that's, that's kind of interesting that I didn't realize up until just recently is I went to my first national jamboree in 1973 as a scout. It was actually arranged by Wint Hartman. So the <laughs> person who, who actually developed many point, um, also arranged the 1973 national jamboree. That was 50 years ago. So 50 years ago now comes kind of full circle to the National Jamboree, uh, which is now held at uh, Summit Bechtel. But uh, it's been 50 years from my first Jamboree, and uh, instead of going to it, I'm working it. But even so, it, it makes a nice, uh, uh, a nice loop. <laughs> nice bookend for you. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, program. All right, so uh, also, so you said you started in the 70s. What brought you to Many Point as a, as a, as a scout and then as a staff? So I've been a scout since I was eight years old. I started in Cub Scouts and worked my way up. And then I went to the University of Minnesota. And uh, I grew up in Rochester. And even though my dad worked for IBM, my brother was uh, in the first medical class at Mayo Medical School. And while I was in high school, he was in medical school. So I used to go to his medical school classes, and they always intrigued me. And so that was kind of where I got the first taste of it. So then when I went to the university, I said, you know, one of the things I missed was I didn't have a scout troop and I didn't really, you know, know how to plug into scouting. So I called the council and they said, well, you know, there's a troop in Minneapolis of, of mentally challenged kids that were right down in, uh, in the heart of Minneapolis. Um, and they need in that troop, they need one on one. So every, every, um, scout needs a, a mentor you know, because of their, their challenges. And so I went and I spent uh, one day a week with, with those kids. And lo and behold, there are a bunch of, of, uh, camp staff that were also there working with these kids. And the camp staff said to me, you know, you should spend your summers up at many point. This is a great place to spend your summers. And, uh, and, uh, Modeca, you know, Tom Aikens was one of the, uh, one of the guys there who was the program director and then I think a camp director in 10 chiefs. But he was the one who introduced me to many point and said, you know, you really ought to come up here. And that was back in the seventies when I was going. And, uh, he said, it looked really good on your medical school application. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I came up and I really enjoyed it. And then I, you know, and then, so I spent a year as commissioner and then the next year I did field sports director. And I kind of said, you know what, if, if I get into med school, I'm coming back. And lo and behold, here I am, you know, 36, 36 years later, as soon as I uh, finished residency, I came back the very next year. And that was through a good friend of mine, Bob Olson, who was the camp doctor for many, many years. Oh, yeah. You know, if you look in the health lodge, uh, we have a plaque, uh, with, for him and his wife, Jody. And I initially went out to, uh, to practice in Canby, Minnesota, which is, uh, uh, where I initially practiced and took care of all my student loans. And, uh, again, very nice people speak very highly of many point as well. But they were very, very happy to hear that I was a many point alum. And, and again, <laughs> what, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> and it was kind of a match made, uh, uh already pre, preordained. And so, uh, that's how that all came to pass. So Dr. Olson was the, uh, the guy that got you up here as a medical professional. When did, did he pass the mantle to you or did you? Yes. 
so you're the you're the next in line right was it because you said you were there or was there was it because of that first connection do you think or what it was a combination i think it was just meant to be because <laughs> because as i said before i knew dr olson i had always intended on it and then i i ended up working with dr olson and it was just a natural fit nice nice um with with your background at the as a as a as a field staff here at camp and, and then as the medical would you the medical part you said was because your brother was going to school and that's what got you into it is mm-hmm. there any kind of any kind of benefit you got as a staff member that helped you through medical school? I think it helped me with my, again, with my application. They look for people that are, are altruistic people who want to do, who want to help other people, people who are interested in the greater good. And I think, you know, working on a, a camp staff and really exemplifies that. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you're up here as a staff, a program counselor, tower director, whatever, and you're like, "Oh, this is great," but you don't really realize the ramifications down the line that this could bring um, to you as a benefit. Just because oh, I absolutely agree wholeheartedly that there's lots of doors that that working in a place such as this uh, opens. Yeah, and 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 the you're, you don't you don't recognize the, the 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 skills that you're actually learning and building. As a staff member, as by teaching merit badges, by corralling twenty, thirty scouts in a in a swimming merit badge or whatever, and working as a team with your fellow staff. I mean, I think that your whole life you have to work as a team. And as you look at the individual camp staffs, they they have to operate as a team in a very uh, interesting and unique uh, setting. Um, and people from all walks of life are on the same staff, and you have to learn, learn to work with people from all walks of life and cooperate. Right. And, collaborate uh yeah awesome. all walks different ages different education backgrounds different uh backgrounds all together different and, cultural beliefs different right <laughs> and all come together and function as one organization and it works it does somehow some way <laughs> some way it works all right well that was, that was again dr chris Tashin, one of the medical staff here at many point we appreciate his time um, thanks for having uh, listened to us this time. And anything else to add, Mike? I think that's a wrap. Until next time, thanks for listening to By the Shores. Mm-hmm.